last time on Dice Funk. Nice robot. His name is George. All right, so do you want to set up a date with this giant uh, ostrich made of kicks? Yeah, why not? You tell me what happened in those tunnels, and I'll sign your medical bill. I'm going to be honest, you know about as much as I do about what went on in that tunnel. Why would he think that I was still alive? He was supposed to take you out, but he couldn't go through with it. Yeah, he said that too. New management. It, it... The the new boss has got a real hard on for dissecting you. What did that person who just took over at the top of your game do to get there? Aaron Aeronautics. A E R O N. Guns that shoot through walls and stuff. I mean, Ash uh, is equipped with uh, an incredibly powerful electromagnetic device, which repels gunfire. Like an oddly oddly cool reaction for somebody who's heard like the only parental figure they've ever known could potentially have been killed. You guys need military clearance? Is this am I am I on candid camera? Supposedly their clearance is blocked behind that tier of security. Yeah, why is that? Nucky's not a military dude, he's a fucking conman. I would be hesitant to ask you to pull a heist inside of Sharp Investments. Their headquarters is a 108-story skyscraper, but considering that somewhere in this skyscraper is the server with the information you're looking for, as well as the card that I desire, I think you and I can come to some sort of arrangement that makes this mission make sense for all of us. Easy as pie. first appeared in the September 3rd, 1979 strip of the comic book. Thank you, Chris. All right, so we're ready for the third arc. You guys are going to go into Sharp Investments, a 108-story skyscraper in North Valentine. You were there both to secure data off of the company servers for yourself, while finding out where Nucky is and what he's up to and why his bank account has a military uh, clearance requirement on it that's extremely weird uh, because you need a fence so you can sell, sell your computer stuff and you're also there because Bo your sponsor in the game uh, wants you to steal a card a playing card a holodeck card uh, from the Sharp family which is said to be in this building we have met Algernon Sharp uh, Frank's rival the Kaiba to his Yugi uh, you guys have not met Richard Sharp his father is he Pegasus Nah, see, like, my, my <laughs> mental logic is I'm literally just, I keep framing all of this in Yu-Gi-Oh! references, so for anyone who's, like, up mm -hmm. on Yu-Gi-Oh!, I'm picturing, like, Joey and Kaiba, and Kaiba's dad, who is not around, but is a figure in later series, I'm like, okay, I've got reference points for all this, I know, I know where I'm going, yeah. <laughs> While you might get a more enjoyment out of this arc, if you are familiar <laughs> with Yu-Gi-Oh! or Magic Gathering, it's not necessary, just like in the wrestling arc, which I created with very little wrestling knowledge, it's going to be one of those things where if you absolutely need to know something, I will explain it. I will probably need things explained. I'm going to just admit that up front. <laughs> which is great. Same. 
Uh, we have a couple players on here. I know, Chris, you have played, I think, Hearthstone of all the games. Is that the one you're most into? I play most everything at some point in time, mm-hmm. but Hearthstone's the only one I still play regularly. But I played Yu-Gi-Oh!, Pokemon TCG, Magic the Gathering. Yeah, same here. Magic's the one I'm most invested in, but I played Yu-Gi-Oh! a lot as a young person. I actually won a local tournament. It's kind of a thing I did. Uh, and Laura, you are probably even more experienced in Yu-Gi-Oh than me. Yeah, I, I played all of them at some point or another. Um, I still sometimes occasionally play the Pokemon card game because it's like, it hasn't gone to ludicrous extremes. It's still like, you can you can explain <laughs> it to people and they understand what you're on about. Yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh is the one that like I had a big investment in. Uh, once upon a time, I was like a ranked tournament player at Yu-Gi-Oh. Mm-hmm. That was like a thing I did for a while. <laughs> Yeah, and Yu-Gi-Oh! is interesting because it started off as a manga. It has a really complicated history. Konami did a lot of stuff behind the scenes that kind of screwed it over. But the thing about Yu-Gi-Oh! is that everyone knows the anime in the West. (laughs) And that's where I think we're going to be drawing a lot on that particularly, more than the card game itself. So does Frank have some sort of transformation sequence he goes into that we have yet to see? Is this what this is leading up to? It has yet to be established, but if halfway up this tower it turns out that Frank has an inner, like, you know, taller taller and more suave version of himself that he can summon from ancient Egypt, I'm not going to complain. Will, like, fake ancient Egyptian music play? (laughs) Are you telling me that wasn't an authentic Egyptian music track they played? (laughs) I don't know. I don't trust him. As a music expert, I can say that that is either authentic or inauthentic Egyptian music. So I trust Gitch. So a thing we established about Frank's backstory at the beginning of this campaign was that you had uh, driven your family to financial ruin through your dedication to Holodeck, the card game. Mm. That might seem like an artistic exaggeration, but uh, it's important to, for this arc for everyone to understand just how expensive card gaming is as a hobby. Yeah. Um, I have open in front of me a site that tracks all of the prices for all the metagame decks in Magic the Gathering. So if you want to play the best decks with the best cards in Magic the Gathering, that's vintage. That's what that format is called. I'm on the vintage metagame site, and here are the prices for some top-tier decks. Uh, Ravager Shops costs $16,433. No, ma'am. Inferno Oath costs $17,837. Yep. And we got UBR, also known as Grixis, costs $18,767. Yeah. That's a single deck. And now if you're a professional player, you're going to play multiple decks. And not only that, but you can conceivably have uh, special versions of every card, holographic versions, uh, which can cost double, triple, quadruple. Each individual card in that deck, 60 cards in a deck. So you can be looking at hundreds of thousands of dollars for your decks. And that's not even counting uh, the really special ones, like the ones that are given out for tournaments, uh, which are one of a kind. I think one that hit the news recently was a Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon Mm -hmm. uh, that got put up in a shop in japan for four hundred thousand dollars yep uh that there are like the big one in magic the gathering was the uh, black lotus for a while is the big one anyone knows of is like oh expensive card if you are someone who was playing actively and then you leave for a while and you go oh I'll just jump back in i'll buy a you know a deck that's up to date that can get very expensive very quick being up to date when new packs comes out gets very expensive very quick and I think there is definitely some truth to the idea of someone who is at competitive level and then drops down and is trying to claw their way back up can rack up a lot of money very quick chasing after that. 
And even if you get some of the expensive cards, you're not safe mm. because the thing about these games is to make money, the companies have to constantly be putting out new relevant cards. So let's say you have a deck that all the cards are really good in it, really expensive, hundreds and hundreds of dollars a piece. Uh, and then they print a new card, which instantly kills all of your cards. Yeah. Uh, now they are suddenly worthless. And mm-hmm. even worse, uh, you can have really good cards and the company can just decide they're banned. Yeah. And now all of them are worthless and all of these are incredibly controversial things but all you really need to know before we jump in is that like most things in valentine we're not really exaggerating that much as as someone who like used to play Yu-Gi-Oh at a tournament level and then stopped being competitive at it and chased after that because that was the thing that was like uh, uh, uh i used to be good i can tell you from first-hand experience it can get expensive very quickly and like there's not a huge amount of exaggeration in, yeah, Frank probably could have bankrupted his, his family trying to chase after that. I, I was doing a little research on the website that has all the meta stuff, and I like how most different tiers of play have some form of budget deck that you can make, <laughs> except for Vintage. <laughs> There's no such thing as a budget way to play Vintage. The most budget deck I can see is like $4,000. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So but budget decks are an entire genre of like content for the gaming community. Everyone's always looking for budget options, but Vintage has a floor because to even get in the door, you need some very old cards, which are very low supply, very high demand. Yeah. Like they're, they're called the Power Nine. Yep. Nine cards from early in the game before they really knew what they were doing in designing cards, <laughs> uh, which is a great segue because you guys are ready to steal a card, <laughs> which is in a very similar situation. I think I saw listeners say, oh, you guys are going to steal the Black Lotus. Like, the Black Lotus is famous because someone pulled one and sold it for $30,000 brand new. And that was really hype. It was really exciting. It was like a big news story. But that, I mean, $30,000 is actually not that big a deal when you see some of these special ones. This is not like you're selling that one Yu-Gi-Oh card that was made for a kid that uh, went through the Make-A-Wish Foundation and it's him as a card and only one of it exists and it is priceless. Like, we're not talking that realm yet. It's somewhere between Black Lotus and I believe Tyler is the name of that card. I, I read up about that. Tyler, the, was it the greatest warrior or something like that or something I believe like that. so, yeah. Oh, I'm so sad now. He actually survived and uh, is still is doing well. Yeah. Okay, I'm less sad. Gay. And he still has his pristine one-of-a-kind Yu-Gi-Oh card. Oh, whew, okay. That's why the price on it is name your price because it's technically, yeah. he names the price for what that card is worth, if anything. All right, so we're going to jump into this now. I just wanted to set some ground stuff. Mm-hmm. Actually, why don't I throw it to you guys? Why don't you ask me questions about this? Because where we left the plot was you guys were in Bo's room. Katarina was face down in a smashed potted plant. Um, we're going to time skip to the heist. But in the interim, uh, if you guys want to know anything about this heist, now's the time to ask. I, I, one thing that I'm curious about is so we're going into what is like some sort of skyscraper or tower effectively. 108 stories in fact i had an idea for this building which i thought was sci-fi and like magic and i was ready to be like i know this is out there Mm -hmm. but you know magic exists in this universe so it's fine but then i googled it and this building already exists Mm. it's called the diamond tower in saudi arabia i'm uploading a picture to it of it to our roll 20 oh snap it looks like snakes coiled around each other oh heck 
my only question to you is is there are, is there an npc on each floor that we need to recruit <laughs> yeah. into our army yeah. before we reach the top of it in order to allow a crucial npc to come back from the dead that's a sick soy code in reference i loved it um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but now uh bo tells you that if she was in charge of sharp investments she would keep her very important server and very valuable card on either the top floor or the bottom floor um and also there are elevators so i think that will become clear as you get inside when you say the top floor or the bottom floor do we know if that 108 floors includes any basement floors uh there are there's always basements in north valentine because south valentine's under it yeah okay so we do, do we know how what the the split is of how many are above how many are below Oh, there's 108 above. Below is just like maintenance and, you know. A secret card. Okay, right. I think it's in the basement. Bo's like, listen, I've watched movies before. I bet there's something cool in the basement. Like, I'm not trying to hide that from you. <laughs> How do we get in? Uh, good question. I don't know if you guys have ever been in the lobby of a skyscraper before. I was uh, actually went into what used to be Sears Tower, which is now Willis Tower. Mm. Um, the, the first floor, the ground floor, is like an airport. It's enormous, and there's people everywhere. It's like bedlam. Um, you guys can just walk in. No one's going to be like, look at those four. Like, there's just people going about their day. So when, you can just walk in, and then we'll figure out what's going on from there. Like, that part is fine. It's like, once once you're in the doors, then we'll start improvising, and we'll, you know, role play. Before we, before we go in, like, there's a thing I've been thinking about, and I don't know whether this is just, like, completely sidestepping the point of the heist, but there's a little bit of me that was like, okay, so potentially this thing we need might be in the top floor of this tower. I do have invisibility in spider climb. Could I just, like, climb up the outside of the building and be like, have a look in through the window up the top, be like, where, 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 which floor do we need to be on? <laughs> I, I do not want to quash your creativity. I'm very excited for you guys to try some whack <laughs> stuff. In my mind's eye, I picture Frank getting, like, 20 stories and then having to make strength rolls to not fall off and if you fail one you die that's fair and considering how out of shape frank is that is that is a fair thing to impose on him mm -hmm. <laughs> but also even if you had a spell that lets you fly i'd be like oh, yeah you can fly up and look at the top of the tower but the people who made it thought of that yeah and they have like anti-teleportation spells they have anti like infiltration stuff because yeah sharp investments is the nerve center of all finance in valentine all, any money that matters is in there this is why it felt like i was like this has to be too obvious of a thing like sure surely there is an easy answer as to why i couldn't just do that and like i am happy with that oh yeah what card are we there to steal <laughs> for me i wasn't sure whether that was the thing i should ask in character or not because i assume if we're talking a card of that rarity frank would probably already know what it is yeah absolutely so what is the card? Tell me about the card. Uh, Hollow Deck is a game, uh, very much like Magic the Gathering or Yu-Gi-Oh or Hearthstone or the Pokemon game, where you summon monsters and cast spells and you pay resources to get those things. Uh, and, and there are special promotional cards. Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh has the god cards. And in this universe, the gods are dead, but there is something more powerful than the gods, which have been immortalized in card form. Is it the corporation cards? So in card form, we have the form <laughs> cards, right? Indeed. <gasps> ah. Ah. Ha, ha. So it's the card card. So, quick crash course in 
Platonic idealism. <laughs> there was once an old guy named Plato, and he theorized that there were two worlds, the physical world, which we all exist in, and in a world of ideals or concepts or forms, capital F forms. Uh, the simplest way to break this down is that in the world of forms, there is the perfect chair, capital C chair. And in our world, the physical world, there are many chairs, but they're all pale, imperfect reflections of the ideal chair, the platonic chair. Um, and this dichotomy is a theory in our world, but in the Dice Funk universe, it's just literally true. So far and through the various seasons, we've met hunger, capital H, hunger itself, uh, death itself, guilt itself, sacrifice itself. And these are cards in hollow deck very powerful many of which aren't legal at all and in fact the one you guys are here to steal is one so broken it essentially renders the game meaningless this card is called avarice itself this card lets you trade your life points to draw cards now this is a classic thing people have to understand when they get into card games is that your life points are just a resource I think people intuitively want to protect their life points when they play a game because they lose when you run out. Mm. But the only life point that matters is the last one. Mm. You can win with full or you can win with one. And the thing that actually matters is what's called card advantage. Having as many cards as possible so you have as many options. And this is something every card game screws up at the beginning. In Magic the Gathering, there was Ancestral Recall, which lets you draw three cards for one mana. Absolutely untenably broken. <laughs> Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh had Pot of Greed. Yeah. <laughs> a card that just lets you draw more than it was itself worth. Yeah. The, here's an here's a analogy for people who don't play card games. It's like if one of the football players on the field had a gun <laughs> <laughs> and just ran around shooting the other players. It, not only is it totally overpowered... But unless you also have a gun, you may as well not even play. It's, it's like having the football player whose special ability is that you can put an extra football player on your team. And that football player that you, you get as a bonus might let you also put another football player on your team. And so on. It's like, why would you not put on the football player that lets you add an extra football player to your team anyway? I've gotten very lost in this analogy now because now I'm thinking about po football players being slotted onto the field <laughs> like cards, and it's 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 really hard for me to visualize this now. I'm losing well, it. Well, I, I, the way I like to look think of it as well, from a general balance standpoint, it's an option that is so out there and broken, it becomes um, mandatory for it to for you to have it to even engage in the game itself. That's a reason why they would remove it from the general field. I mean, say what you want about Bill Belichick's personality, but he knows how to brew a deck. I'll say that. Mm -hmm. uh, I got lost in the metaphor. That's really lost in the metaphor comment there. <laughs> I, I must say, I'm really thankful that you've laid out at the start that this card is like so busted it will never be allowed to be used in tournaments ever because that does take away a potential temptation for Frank, which is, hmm, this card might be a way to finally beat Algernon. <laughs> Yeah, so I just want to put that on the table. Uh, we're going to jump in in just a second. Uh, but if you guys have any questions, once again, I, I said this before, I'm going to say it again. Now is the time, because after here, you guys are entering a building chock-a-block with armed guards. And if you mess up, it's going to get spicy. <laughs> and it'll be too late for questions. <laughs> I don't have a question so much as I have a comment. Mm-hmm. So Irma is the name of the waitress who works at Irma's diner in Garfield. <laughs> 
and she has never met Odie. Mm, it's very important. For listeners, Chris promised before the recording that every time I gave a boring card game fact, he would give me a a fact about (laughs) Garfield, the comic strip character. Almost 40 years of publication and Irma has never met Odie. That's astounding. That is astounding. Does John Arbuckle not care about taking his dog to a restaurant? He takes his cat. (laughs) Did I sufficiently describe the building? It looks fucking dank. It's really good. It looks like a couple snakes coiled around each other. In our universe, it's literally that. Not 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 that they're actual snakes. That literally was not the word I wanted there, huh? <laughs> they're literally snake shaped. Defying all laws of nature and God. <laughs> it's just right up there in the sky. Alright, so we've we've stalled enough. Uh you guys walk into the lobby of Sharp Investments. You know Sharp is the richest possible company, even though they're owned by Crown. It's like ABC is owned by Disney, but ABC is still a multinational conglomerate. It's enormous in value and power. And every floor is a different sharp company, right? It's like sharp real estate, sharp insurance, sharp uh, payday loans. Like it's just, it's all of that. Uh, And you guys enter the lobby and there's people everywhere dressed in fancy suits, carrying suitcases. You guys see Dragonborn, Lizard Folk, Modron, Mole Folk. Um, there's just people there in fancy dress. There's people there, uh, security guards, and they're wearing you know black shades, and they have those earpieces, and they have guns. Um, it's it's a big important deal, and that's where you, the four of you are as you walk into this building. For fan art purposes, because I want to see this, <laughs> Miss Lenar is wearing a lady's suit, uh, in the style of the Dior bar suit. Which is the epitome of the new look. Okay, I'm done. I just really want to see that. <laughs> Ed, is, Ed is dressed with black shoes, black slacks, a black button-up shirt with a deep blue tie. And he doesn't have shades on at the moment, but he's just keeping very low-key with his attire. Uh, Frank is attempting to wear just like a very plain, unassuming suit. But if he gets drawn into a card game, he's going to take that suit jacket and put it around his neck like it's a cape. <laughs> Uh, first thing I'm curious about when we get into this lobby is, is there any indication in the lobby of what what is on which floors? Like, is there any, any indication of like, okay, these floors are maybe not listed what's there? These Is there any indication of like, these floors are public, these ones are not? Yeah, like the little things in the front of offices. Yeah, good question. You guys walk across the lobby. There's a big information desk with, uh, you know, what are those people called? Not secretaries, but... Administrative assistants. Yeah, there, there's like a bank of them, like at an airport, right, where you go to, you know, check in, and there's like six people sitting behind desks, and you can line up and get questions. Behind them, there's a board which lists all of the uh, different things you might be there for, and there are a lot of unlisted uh, floors because those aren't ones that are consumer facing. Like you know, they're there if you're there to work, but you know, they don't, they're not looking for anyone to come up and talk to them. So it's not clear immediately. Uh, where you guys should be going, but you see these uh, administrative assistants sitting behind this counter. Uh, there's like six of them, and you could probably ask them questions, and you probably should because you recognize one of them. Is it Reese? No, Reese works at the bank. Oh, who is it? Uh, it is Wendy, the Yeti. What? She has multiple jobs, like pretty much everybody in South Valentine. Um, Chris, you told a really great story off the air about someone who was like a championship wrestler and they got in trouble because they had a second job. Can you tell that story again? 
Uh, yeah, so uh, the wrestling company TNA uh, is somewhat notorious for not uh, paying tremendous amounts of money, but there was a women's champion in TNA, and I'm blanking on who the actual uh, wrestler was at the moment, uh, but she basically got spotted working at a sunglasses hut in the mall, and the person came up to her like, aren't you the champion? And she was just like, yeah. <laughs> I work here too. That's Taylor Wilde, right? Uh, it might have been Taylor Wilde. I, I don't remember the wrestler off the top of my head, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, she was pretty embarrassed being seen working at a sunglass hut when she was supposed to be, you know, the top level performer in her division in TNA, you know? Yeah, which is also a good response. I saw some people questioning uh, if you guys got paid for being wrestlers in the last heist. And like, yeah, you guys probably got checks in the mail for like $15 or something. <laughs> like you might have gone out to eat, but. That did not make any dent in your debt. Uh, being a professional wrestler at that level is not uh, glorious. So is there anyone who's got particular affinity with Wendy that might be a good person to to say, to, to speak to them? Hey, Wendy, what's up? <laughs> oh, hey, Kat, <laughs> how are you? Are you? Oh, you're friends. Hey. <laughs> hey, are you okay? You sound a little different. This is the voice they want me to use. My normal one makes people uncomfortable. That's strange. This one's making me very uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, listen, it was that or like the, it was either that or sexy baby voice. (laughs) Um, Do the sexy baby voice. I want to hear that. See, I I can't hear it without hearing a Michael Jackson impersonation in my mind. She's a Yeti, so she's a huge, fluffy, muscle-bound uh, lady. People find uh, terrifying and off-putting, even though she's ter- per- a perfectly harmless uh, vegan uh, yoga fan. Um, but this is just kind of a code switching for various social situations. It sounded like it sounded like really stoned Michael Jackson, not just Michael Jackson. Listen, I can make it so much worse. Yes. <laughs> uh, let me be clear. I can also be Obama. Uh, if you like your Yeti, <laughs> you can keep it. That was actually pretty good. <laughs> um, so, do you have a response, Chris? I'm sorry. I forgot what the actual last sentence was. I got lost in this. I got lost. Obama showed up. He was in the room with us recording. And I, I we're not Jerry Seinfeld. I don't know how he's on this show. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. She just acknowledged you and your friends. So, uh, hey, uh, I was wondering um, if you might be able to help us out. We're trying to trying to find something in here. Yeah, what do you need? Uh, and that's what I'll uh, turn over to Frank, because I don't remember all the details. <laughs> so you're just dropping it on Frank to be like, oh, yeah, which floor do you keep your super so- top secret um, holodeck cards and mm-hmm. your hidden servers on? That's what I was legitimately about to just yell. I think a trading card? Where do you keep your one trading card? <laughs> so Frank's, Frank's going to come up to the desk and be like, I am. I, I, I don't know if you can help at all. Just um, just after a, a little bit of um, in, information. Um, we we've we've got a couple a couple of uh, appointments to get done while we're here, and just wanted to know sort of what what the letter, what the uh, everything's like in the building. Like, do we need to get a key card before we go up for appointments or anything, or just do we just hop in the elevator and off we go? You don't need key cards for any of the floors that are publicly accessible. Uh, unless you have a meeting with Mr. Sharp. Well, we were hoping for one of those before we finish our day, but that's that's a bit more of a 
I, I realise this is, you know, it doesn't, those appointments don't get given out to just anyone, you know. I, I guess we'd have to know someone, wouldn't we? Yeah. Laura's going to go to the desk and be like, Hello, I'm writing a paper on this building for college because I'm in college. I need to know what's on every single floor for my paper. <laughs> Roll deception. 22. Wow, very good. Uh, Wendy tells you that the first 107 floors are boring business stuff. Uh, the 108th floor is Mr. Sharp's personal floor, his like penthouse suite, which has security, which you can't get to without uh, using the special executive elevator. And the basement is not open to the public. Okay. Well, it definitely is either the top or the bottom. Thank you very much for helping that very unconnected to us um, college student. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I met all of you like last week. Yeah, you did. <laughs> They're helping me with my project. Yeah. So look, here's here's the thing. If if we were to try and get an appointment with with Sharp, do you know if if Sharp is available today for appointments? Uh, I'm gonna be honest with you. No. He's basically never available. Ooh, do you know, does he need extra security by chance? I was kind of looking to maybe pick up some extra, you know, off hours work as maybe like a security officer or something. You know, swing a baton, beat up people. She tells you that Mr. Sharp is not in the market for security. In fact, they just brought on a whole bunch of military personnel to guard the building recently. Very recently. Suspiciously recently. Are they, like, the new bodyguards, or are they just located entirely on the top floor kind of deal? Because it seems kind of crazy to put military officers on every floor of this place. Oh, they mostly only come here when, when General Heller is in the building. So I'm guessing since we're not seeing any peop- uh, any uh, guards around like that, General Heller isn't here? Oh, no, uh, he. I think he's up in Mr. Sharp's office right now. Does he need security? <laughs> does the does the guy in charge of the military branch of crown corporation need security no uh but she gestures uh to like a corner of the lobby uh where you guys see there is the executive elevator that goes up to sharp's floor and presumably also down to the restricted basement and there is a person in military uniform guarding that elevator uh this person is a yuan t y-u-a-n hyphen ti which is dnd's they're snake people <laughs> that is dnd's word for snake people sneeple or sneeple we can call you can call them snake folks or you know snokes snake kin or you know whatever you want to call it snake in naga basically anything but you on t which is a bad garbage fantasy word but this uh this guard in the military uniform has a assault rifle slung over their shoulder and they are red black and yellow oh <gasps> Ooh. Touches yellow. Wait, hold on. If red touches black, you're okay, Jack. If red touches yellow, you're a dead fellow. <laughs> Laura, does this does this culture translate? Because in the southern United States, there is very little that is drilled into children's heads more than the difference between king snakes and Coral. Coral snakes. Coral. Coral snakes. Um we we don't have a, a comparable thing to that in England other than, <laughs> you know. If it looks angry, don't touch it, probably, but there's very little that's angry in England, because all the animals probably just, you know, drink tea and calm down. You mean you guys aren't full of snakes? I don't think I've ever seen a snake in England. I believe that they exist, but I've never seen one. (laughs) (laughs) That's so weird. (laughs) 
what poem do you have to memorize for bear attacks then? Um, if it's a bear, <laughs> right. don't stay there. <laughs> if it's not, you're probably still in England. <laughs> now, how how do you differentiate between your facts of what to do in a bear attack versus a mountain lion if attack? If it's a bear, don't stay there. If it's a mountain lion, still don't stay there. If it's big and angry, don't stay there. <laughs> In any case, you're still in England. Yeah, that's that's the. Uh... If it's a mountain lion, you'll be crying. See, in America, we just assume kids are going to try to fight snakes because that's just our culture. <laughs> I'm gonna punch the shit out of that snake. So it's important to know which ones are poisonous and which ones are not. The biggest thing we know is bees and wasps, and it's like if it's a big, if it's a fluffy round one, it's probably not gonna sting you because it doesn't want to die. If it's the sort of smaller, longer one, it might want to sting you. Um, so this guard at the executive elevator uh, is actually a milk snake. It's non-poisonous red, black, yellow um, assault rifle. And actually, you can see his name tag. It says Private Fortune is that person's name. I heard porpoise for some reason. <laughs> no, that's for that's a later season when there are dolphin folk. Okay. So mm-hmm. there's, there's a few things like out of character that are going through my head at the second. Like there's the the easy thing to try would obviously be like, Sharp is a public enough figure you could probably find an image of them and try and do disguise self to go up. But if you go up there unexpected, that could fall apart very quickly. And to willy-nilly walk into a very guarded place could raise alarms very fast. Uh, The basement seems like it's far less likely that we would accidentally alert people and get the whole building locked down. So the basement to me seems like a better place to start even if it's i feel like ultimately we're gonna have to get to that 108th floor but i think anything we need to do in the basement is maybe worth doing first i agree hey cat is my sexy baby voice any better (laughs) does this make you less uncomfortable (laughs) oh no (laughs) the lack of reaction for katarina is telling I don't like this new gimmick of yours. I'm going to fist fight the security guard now. <laughs> no. Um, do we have any like janitorial stuff or anything around we can see? Yes, absolutely. Uh, you see a janitor. It's a mole folk, <gasps> which is the term I'm going to use for our anthropomorphic mole friends. Mo- Here's another thing about moles I learned while doing research. Uh, this is going to sound like something I made up because of my politics, but the collective noun for moles, you know, like, uh, yeah, there's a murder of crows and a herd of elephants. A group of moles is called a labor. Oh no, <laughs> poor babies. Oh, oh geez. That, that was, that's too coincidental. Also they're starry nosed. They are starry nosed. And yes, you, Austin, your D and D universe writes itself now. You so you guys see a mole janitor. He has a mop. He's cleaning up some, uh, Fuck, I, my, my immediate reaction was to say vomit, but why? Why would that happen? <laughs> Someone was disgusted by capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> People yeah. just like, oh, man, I, I hate these days. People just walk in and just throw up on the floor and leave. I don't know what's going on here. I'm just just cleaning up the mess here. Oh. A Don Draper lizard was day drinking and yacked. If if this is like a particularly unpleasant job that's that's going on, uh, that's happening, I kind of want to find like a, a a spot where I won't be noticed to use disguise self. Mm-hmm. 
and I want to turn myself into a janitorial mole person. Mm-hmm. And I want to go have Frank go up to this janitor and go, uh, isn't it uh, time for your uh, your lunch about now? Is, uh, do, you want, do you want me to finish this off for you? Now I have to think of a mole voice. What do moles sound like? Good question, Austin. They sound cute. <laughs> they sound like sexy babies. <laughs> no, no, don't do moles like that. <laughs> you... like, how to how to ruin moles for Lauren? You want to let me go on break? <laughs> you want to take my mom? Go let me go oh, on geez. break. <laughs> it's okay. I didn't know this was the Boss Baby universe. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, Boss Baby is not about what I thought it was about. <laughs> It is about anthropomorphic animals that work in businesses. All right, roll deception to trick this mole. Okay, what is my deception? 15. Ah, pretty good. Um, The mole says, um, <laughs> man, I'm, I've used all of my good accents over the course of this show. My... <laughs> She was like, hey, forget about please, it. Please, please. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah, gonna go on some break over here. I'm hey. mopping here. I'll finish mopping for you. Ravioli. Listen. <laughs> I'm out of here. Hey, oh. Have you done a voice yet that's just a little bit sort of like nasally that's like, yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, have you ever done a voice yet that's normal? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with a 15, this mole is sufficiently uninvested in this employment that uh, he hands you the mop and walks away. Okay, so I'm I'm going to take take the mop and then just sort of it, any other like so, uh, cleaning supplies and things that would make it look like I'm here officially and just go and stand near the the elevator and kind of motion for the rest of the the group to do so as well. I want to talk to the snake man. Uh, Frank, you have a mole disguise. Uh, Katarina, you're going to walk over and talk to Private Fortune? Yes. All right. Be like, hey, what's up? <laughs> you can't do this. Do it. No. Yes. Uh, what's going on? My name is Brody Monk. What's, what's, uh, what's going on? I'm off my hand. Did you say Brody? Brody Monk, yeah. It's my character I'm, I'm coming up with in the spot here. Hey, Brody, what's up? Uh, he, like, uh, gives you, like, daps you up. What? Do you know Dap? <laughs> yeah, we Dap. Yeah, yeah, you Dap. What? I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask him about his. Uh, I'm gonna like, hey, what's your, you, you be Buffett? What's your, uh, what's your plan like? <laughs> I, Chris, your accent is so thick. You say, "What's my plan like?" Yeah, what's your plan? What's your, what, what gets you so swole, man? What's, what's up? I need to hit the gym like that. I won't look like that, yo. God, this is so much. There's just so much. There. What's happening? I don't know what dapping is still. Uh, some kind of hand clapping, according to Urban Dictionary. <laughs> Rhythmic hand clapping of some kind. None of you ever heard of dabs? Oh, Give it daps. A dab with a B. Is that what you're saying? A dab with a B is no, different. Daps. Yeah, a dap with a P is like a hand clap thing, apparently. Daps, like give me daps. This podcast is far too white. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> the secret, bro. Cut out all sugars, all processed food, just legumes and magic. Yeah, but what's what's your core routine gotta be like for that? It looks incredible. 
Well, I'm a snake, so I have a very strong core. It's a lot of wiggling, a lot of side to side, you know, like S motions. I'm basically always doing my core. <laughs> we, you show me that again. Well, let's, let's do that. I see, yeah. Okay, Chris, could you hear that I was actually wiggling in my seat while I was talking? Yes. <laughs> yes. I could hear that. Yeah, it's just like this, bro. You just got to do a full like S motion like you're wiggling on the ground. Like a snake, you know, sidewinder. I I want to mimic it. Okay, sidewinder. Come on, sidewinder like this. I'm a sidewandering. I'm a svelte little snake. All right, sidewandering. I don't know. It feels like there's not enough room over here to do it. You think, is there some place with a little more room? I got I got like a full body routine that I usually like to do. I like to compare notes, you know? All right. What's, what's your creatine uh, schedule like? Are you... What do you pack your shakes with? All right. It sounds like you want to make some kind of charisma roll to, <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> what has this episode become? To smooth talk the, the guard into comparing routine notes, you know? I rolled a 10. Uh, I don't have my, my fitness pal with me, my, my app, so I can't I can't compare notes. Like, oh, dang it. Yeah. So he'll talk to you and he, I mean, you, you can chat him up, but he's not going to move or do anything useful for heist purposes with you right now in this situation. I have a clarification question. Is that the? I'm assuming we cannot get to the basement from the regular elevator, correct? Correct. It, the basement is off limits, so the, a publicly accessible elevator would not go there. That would be a weird security thing. Okay. Ooh, I want to. I want to try something. Mm-hmm. I bet I could beat you in a jumping jack contest. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Hell yeah, bro! And I want to roll. Damn it! I rolled a five for intimidate. Come on! No, that's an athletic competition. Seventeen. Crit. <laughs> Wait, the snake critted on jumping jacks. <laughs> Suck my tail! Suck my tail! I I want to be clear. I want to use this jumping jack contest as a possible opportunity to distract him from observing who would be entering the elevator. So I want us to be like like in a circle, jumping jacks at each other, being like, "Oh come on, I'm not even tired yet!" And like while they're doing it, everyone else just sneaks into the elevator. Okay. Um. This is a, a serious possibility. The problem is, you would get left behind. If that's if you're okay with it, that's fine. I just want you. To I can figure out my own way downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna punch a hole through the ground later. If you get, if the rest of the group wants to go along with this, this is viable. You guys, three stealth rolls, and two of you need to pass. Um, do I get advantage because I am in a convincing <laughs> disguise? Yes. Ed rolled a 19 on his stealth. 18. Oh, thank God. Uh, I got a 9 on the first roll and an 18 on the second. Yeah, everybody passes. So, Katarina, you distract the soldier uh, guarding the executive elevator with jumping jacks, and the three of you guys can sneak behind, the, <laughs> behind that competition onto the elevator and leave Katarina behind, if you're okay with that. I'm okay with this, but I'm hoping that there is some way we can we can get back and get Katarina, but that is a, oh, we'll work that out. I want, like, as the doors are closed, just be like, oh, man, you're pretty good. Can I get you done? Like, that's just, like, the last thing the doors hear before it, like, slams and get out, goes down. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love that. That's very good. Are you guys going down, though? Let's confirm. Oh, going down. Down seems smarter than up initially. All right. So Frank Westerly, Lenora Desmond... And Renee Eddy take the executive elevator down to the basement level, which is not publicly accessible. Uh, meanwhile, Katarina, you finish your jumping jacks contest with the snake folk soldier. And that ends. What do you do? Uh, I don't know. I kind of just met my best, my new best friend. So I don't know. 
it was a character at the start, but this guy's got like a really great workout routine. And uh, like, I imagine maybe we do some guitar solo, like air guitar solos together afterwards. But then I need to figure out a way downstairs. So uh, I'm going to try to find uh, like a fire escape of some kind or like not a fire escape, like a staircase and see if there's any any way stairwise it goes down there so if you go to the publicly accessible staircase which is necessary for like fire reasons um you can go down to the lowest point of it where it ends uh it does not go down to the basement um but conceivably it is possible to punch a hole down into the basement (laughs) it would be difficult and it would be noisy but this is a backup plan if for whatever reason you guys could not access the elevator it is a legitimate option to try to just blow a hole in the floor yeah, I mean, that sounds like a good plan. <laughs> I'm going to start punching my way through it to the next room. <laughs> I don't think you're going to punch through, homie. You did hey, say you, you could said punch, through. punch a hole through the floor. You did say that. That was poetic language. <laughs> I meant with, like, a bomb. Well, I don't have a bomb, do I? <laughs> did you forget about the bomb in your infantry in your pyromaniac starter kit? <laughs> oh, for a moment I was like, did I forget about a bomb I'm supposed to have? Oh, wait, can I use a science roll to figure out if I know how to make a bomb? <laughs> Please. Oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> Please. <laughs> a science roll? Yeah. Well, it's, uh, let's, hold on. Uh, <laughs> what's a 12 get me to science up a way through a wall? Because I'm going to tell you, if it doesn't work, I'm going to start punching it. With a 12, you know that uh, Private Fortune had a grenade on his belt. All right, yeah, I'm going to go back. We're going to do, uh, <laughs> we're going to do some burpees. <laughs> This is going to be a very loud thing to do in in, in basically the stalking stage. You're going to set off a hand grenade. We shouldn't have left her alone. Crit! I got his grenade! Katarina did crit to steal Private Fortune's grenade. Yes! I cannot deny that that is a thing that just happened. Do you know any spells by any chance like silence? No. She's a monk barbarian. <laughs> uh, it's going to be fine. You guys do your thing. We're all going to die. What spells do I have that I can come back up as a mole and be like, oh, do, 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 do. let's come to prevent this going. I do not have anything to silence your grenade. Well, we also do not have any way of knowing that this is what she's doing. It's fine. Just your... <laughs> you guys will be fine. Oh, we'll be fine. Will we? <laughs> will we get caught because she sets off a grenade? The, the question I have is like, if she gets caught, that, that alerts people like, oh, these shits are back again. Also, what if she grenades right above where we are and then the floor falls on our heads and we die that way? Mm-hmm. That is also a good thought. Thank you. I'll write that down. <laughs> All right. So Katarina uh, goes and challenges Private Fortune to a burpee contest, steals his grenade and goes back to the stairwell. Wait, no, idea, out of character, very quickly. Put the grenade somewhere that's not near him and go, oh, bro, did you drop your grenade and use that as your excuse to distract him to get in the elevator yourself? I mean, that's a good idea, but I don't get to actually use the grenade. <laughs> oh, my God. Again. Okay. Uh, I, in a way, I brought this on myself, karmically speaking, <laughs> with the sexy baby voice, so. <laughs> All right, Frank, Ed, Lenora elevator the doors open uh have you guys ever seen a server room 
Yeah. Yes. Yes. Rows and rows and rows encased in climate controlled rooms, glass walls, glass doors, all locked with key pads with like card swipes and stuff inside, just servers on servers on servers, blinking lights, cords, great cord management though. Really nice tight bundles. They got their stuff on lock. There's a long hallway in front of the elevator and on each side for like the entire length of the building, there are servers encased in these glass rooms. None of you are hackers or tech experts. None of you even know, have any idea of where to start with that. But at the end of this long hallway, between the two halves of the server room, there is a black wall at the end of it, and there is a door on that wall with a sign over that says private. I'm a cat. We all know how cats feel about closed doors. Is there a a card like one of those like card swipe things to to open the door? Yeah, all this the glass uh, rooms on each side. Uh, there's like multiple sections, and each one has its own locked door with a card swipe thing. The door on the far end, which says private, is just a handle. You can't tell if it's locked from here, but there isn't there is not a card thing. Also, if you type server room into Google Images, you get literally exactly what I'm talking about. Everyone has the same idea of how these things are. I guess probably for heat management, you really can only do it one way, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, the the server room doors that have the, the card swipe thing, I just want to try swiping any old holodeck card in there and just see what happens. Because this <laughs> is Algernon's dad runs this business and uh, that I'm like, there's, there's a chance. It's 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 like it's like an old barcode battler uh thing. Yeah, like, is is part of this like no no hacker would think to do this, but if my son needs access to the servers, fine, whatever. I love that idea. I'm in a romantic love with it working. It does not, but I wish uh, it did. But no, it, it, I, I knew it probably wouldn't. But Frank had to try it just because if something might need cards, surely holodeck cards are always the answer if you need cards. Were life only so simple? Okay. The the other thing that I'm thinking is Lenora and Ed haven't done anything with disguises, but Frank is disguised like a a member of the janitorial team, so Frank's just gonna go and try and open that, that door at the end. Alright, so you walk the length of the server room. Uh it's like weirdly uh, chilly in here because in order to make sure all the information is safe they keep the air conditioning cranked right up um, you walk all the way down this long hallway you uh, pass all these banks of servers you get to the door uh, it's just a normal handle you can't tell if it's locked before you touch it but when you turn it it is locked but it does not seem like it's a super security lock it's just normal lock uh, do you want to just do your thing with your, your, your key thing try and open this door up I can take care of it uh, Lenora, do you want to take it, if if you prefer? You do it, and then if you fail, I'll do it. <laughs> you try to pick the lock, and it explodes. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's like, that's pretty much what I'm worried about, but let's see here. That's 17. Yeah, you, you employ your lock-picking uh, mecha- mechanism out of your arm, mm-hmm. and you actually find uh, it is very easily picked. It's a pretty standard uh, lock, just like you would find on a household doorknob. Um, it pops, and the door is unlocked. Although I am very, Chris, are you planning on using that grenade? Because I, there is like this incredible <laughs> tension right now that at any time you're going to set it off. And then I need to sync these two scenes because the ceiling's going to explode. Um, 
You know what? I don't. I would say no unless someone sends her a message that they need to. No, they have. Li- listen, as far as they know, you're just up there flexing at your new friend. Yeah, so that's that's the thing. Like, unless told otherwise, she's not gonna. Like, if if something alerts her that maybe something's happening downstairs that she, that she needs to get involved in, then yeah. Like, if, if she starts hearing trouble down there, but otherwise, nah, she's probably just like talking routines and shit like that with her new best bud. Okay. Because I, I did, I liked the image in my head of like, Ed easily picks the door lock and the ceiling explodes. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're not going to use it, that's fine. Ed is going to kind of hold up a motion for for quiet and then carefully open the door to peer in to see if someone is inside of the uh, room. Uh, you open the door at the end of the server room. Uh, you peer inside and it appears to be a office. Um, it is seems empty there's a desk uh there's a tv uh there's a what appears to be a video game console on the desk uh there's some soda cans on the floor uh there's a bag of chips nobody's in here is it is it a cue box is that what it is it's it's the rival to the cue box the fuck hold on here we go the slay station (laughs) station oh my god yeah fine i'm not gonna beat that on short notice yeah Frank is gonna is gonna walk in, and he his his gut instinct here is to look around and and just go, is there anything in here that screams Algernon Sharp? Can you roll me investigation to search the room? I can. Uh, investigation. Oh, plus six on that. That's that's a good one. Twenty two. Very good. Uh, so Frank, you go into the room boldly and start looking around. And I mean, to answer your question, yes. In fact, you immediately get the sense that this is Algernon's private room. Hmm. This is where he spends most of his time. You look around and you find deck boxes for his cards. You find clothes you recognize. He has like a feather boa and some bling. There's like too many uh, rings and stuff in one of the desk drawers. Uh, You start to get like secondhand embarrassed. Uh, You see that there's... I'm trying to think what's the some really embarrassing stuff to find that in someone's room Horn. like i don't I, <laughs> <laughs> wallet chains i was literally halfway through i don't want to get gross and lauren just shouted <laughs> I, I i would say posters for like cartoon characters that are like you know beneath what you should be watching at a particular age like sexy anime girls but sexy snakes because he's a medusa oh my god yeah Wait, no, hold on, that's a thing. The joke was that that was ridiculous, but there's a, literally an anime about a sexy snake girl, so who's the idiot now? It's me. <laughs> Lenora steals the boa. Uh, Fra- Frank is going to take some item of clothing that he recognizes Algernon wears a lot and just, like, rub it on his armpit or something just so he can be like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you jerk. So is there anything of use around here, Frank, that for you to find out? Frank, you rolled a 22, so I'm actually, I have more to tell you. Okay. That wasn't the end of that description. I'll just say, if it makes any difference, actually, that was a 23, because Frank has a plus seven to investigation. Oh, shit, a 23, that changes everything. <laughs> beep, 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 I beep, know. Beep. <laughs> um, so you're looking around, you guys find his clothes, you find his jewelry, you find food and beverages, you find the sexy snake posters, and, and there is also a remote on top of the desk with a weird blinking red light. Um, none of you guys have ever seen a remote like this, but it seems vaguely uh, related to the video gaming stuff that's in here as well. You don't find, notably, you do not find 
the card you're here for. Avarice itself is the name of that card. Mm. Um, but you definitely think it should be here. This is this is Algernon's room. <laughs> this is where he would keep it. It's an extremely secure the building and the room, and this is the most Algernon space that exists. It should be here. Okay, and there's the weird flashing remote that's something to do with the console that we don't quite know what it is. Correct. Okay, I'm I'm not going to be able to not press this button. Frank presses the button. All right, you push the button, and there's a whirring noise as the video game system... The video game system was in low power mode. It was in sleep mode, like doing its background update downloads. Yeah, it was doing something, but you push the button and it comes on is the first thing that happens. The second thing that happens is Lenora Desmond, Frank Westerly, and Renee Eddy are disintegrated. We're in the video game. Well, okay, Lauren, I was going to build up to it and then... (laughs) I knew it, 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 I knew it for like 10 minutes. Do you want to be the DM, Lauren, if you know exactly what I'm doing? (laughs) (laughs) See, you could have given me a minute to be like, oh, I fucked up and killed the party. (laughs) Sorry, I was very excited (laughs) that I was right. I'm I'm now really sad that that, that, uh, Cat's not down here. Cat needs to be in our video game. All... All week, I looked forward to this. <laughs> Austin, Aus- Austin, please do your your build up because I want to. I want to hear the build up. Before you do that, just put this in the pile of the number of times Lauren has thwarted your best plans. No, it's great. It's just all. It's just. It's just going straight to the ceiling. Lavinia it totally changed the end of season two. Theodora became the end of season three. It is only right for Lauren to guess exactly what's happening 10 minutes before it happens. Um, this room is wired for not just virtual reality, but another reality altogether. Oh, shit. Using the power of the server room, <gasps> Algernon has a custom built vr gaming system which transports you into the game and if you had checked the game system you would have saw that the cartridge that is inserted is holodeck vr <gasps> dx2 remix Shit. I-, I was never a fan of dx2 remix because at that point they were just like really milking the franchise for all it's worth really I mean, come on, 80 gold for a re-release of an upscaled version of the game? How do I get Cat in here ASAP? So the three of you are in this room, Frank pushes a button, and you all are disintegrated by the technology in the room. And then it just cuts to Katarina with Private Fortune in front of the elevator, just being like, damn, dude, nice glutes. <laughs> you do a lot of sit-ups, or what's, uh, what's up with that? Squats? What do you, what do you squat? What do you, what do you bench? Yo, it's like, oh, wait, 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 what are you, bitch? I was, sorry, I had a small uh, stroke there for a moment. Well, my voice changed. It's back now. What's so, uh, what are you, bitch? A, B, B. Always be benching. <laughs> I'm benching right now. Look at this dude. He has the gun and he's just like doing squat bench. He's like squatting, but also thrusting the gun up. And it does, that doesn't do anything. But he's just like, you always got to be constantly exercising at all times. You got to keep your body taut and ready like a weapon. Ah. <sighs> Yeah, you gotta keep your back straight, though. You, 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 your form's a little off. I might be able to hold on. Let me show you how it's done. This is how deep you can get with the squat, see? See how low you can <laughs> I, like the, I like the idea that you just started an exercise club with this NPC who is supposed to be, like, an enemy and just becomes your new best friend and you guys have a spinoff show where you just work out. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right, so the, the rest of the party has been digitized and transported inside of this video game. Uh, the three of you, uh, your pixels, you float down out of the sky and you reassemble. You're in a big antechamber. Uh, in fact, it is a throne room from the holodeck anime. But instead of the villain of the anime on the throne, it's Algernon Sharp. I knew it. And he, sa- he sees the three of you appear and he says, Oh, snizzity snap. I heard you were working for Bo, Frank, but I didn't think you'd bring the whole nerd squad. Good timing, though. I just finished modding this game. I hope you like the changes I've made. Nice, nice riff on uh, Holodeck, the anime season four. You got a here. You got going here. I didn't put on the full costume because that guy dresses like a chump, but I got, you know, I got the, the color scheme, basically. I've incorporated it into my look. Does he look like Pegasus? He looks exactly like Pegasus, except... When he grins, you see he has a grill. A Millennium Grill? A Millennium Grill. And it says in big capital letters, lethal across <laughs> it. Uh, so what do you guys do? You're in this throne room and uh, Algernon sitting on his throne. Algernon Sharp, son of Richard Sharp, the leader of the finance branch. He's dressed like an anime pimp. He has a deck of cards sitting on his throne. He looks down at you all disdainfully. I'm going to taunt him. Thanks for the boa. It's mine now, bitch. I wouldn't get so mouthy, bitch, because guess what? No. Guess what? No. We're in your world now? Is that what you're going to say? No. No. <laughs> I was going to say something cooler <laughs> than that. Like what? Welcome to your welcome to your doom. No. Cooler than that. You're going to say, oh, look at all the friends I have. Oh, wait, no. That's me over here with my friends, not you, because you're alone in a video game. <laughs> No, what I was going to say is, if you die in the game, you die in real life. Ooh, original. <laughs> hey, Frank, did you watch all of season four? Yeah. All right, then you know what's next, don't you? And he pushes a button on the throne and the floor beneath you disappears and you guys all fall into an endless chasm. Ah, uh, yes, here we go. <laughs> all right so you guys land at the bottom of this trap door chasm uh you're in a dusty uh like dungeon room there are three doors out of here um each one is like a big um golden ornate door with like a thousand locks and you know bars all across it you guys you've seen the anime frank so you know that each of these is like a challenge room that was featured in the show and also you're in a video game so they're level they're levels um one door says above it aggro one door says above it control and one door says above it combo um before we pick a door down here can you can you hear us out you know? yeah what's up loser so, like, if you're if you're going for the whole you've you brought us into your, your anime world thing here, um, surely narratively it would make sense for for me the the person who's been brought into this world to be here with all of my friends because that is how the narrative conceit of this works, you know. And one of my friends is still upstairs. You want to want to get them um, in on the fun? Canonically, in the anime, there's four. Oh, there's four in the anime. <laughs> You're like, we don't have our Tristan. <laughs> we don't have our Tristan. Where is our lovely, bumbling fourth member who's not really good at the card game, but is here for moral support? Hey, Cyber Soldier is a very good card. <laughs> uh, Chris, what are you doing? Because if you want to get down there, I want it to be, it should be more organic is what I'm saying. Uh, eventually I'm, I'm probably, 
can I can I flirt with this guy? Can I can I try a flirt roll with uh, p- uh, p- Private Glory? <laughs> what, what's his name? I forgot. Fortune. Fortune. Oh, I'm sorry. Glory sounds more ridiculous than Fortune. Persuasion or performance, depending on how you want to pro- approach it. With more like, is it more showy or is it like coming from a genuine place? Uh, well, yeah, it's definitely gonna be performance on because there is nothing genuine. Uh, 19. Yeah, pretty good. I think you get his uh, attention. He thinks you're interested. Not so much that he's just going to let the, a stranger into the elevator. I mean, remember, that considering the security level here, you be like, oh, you're a hot chick. I'm going to commit treason. <laughs> like- <laughs> <laughs> so can I try to, like, slide the grenade across the room? Well, nah, that could be dangerous. Then everybody's going to be like a bomb threat. Yeah, homie, if you start sliding grenades across the lobby, there's going to be a much bigger problem than one horny soldier. <laughs> Is that a grenade in your pocket? Or are you excited to see me? Oh, you dropped your grenade. Oh, I got an idea. Hey, you uh, private uh, fortune, that's your name. Uh, you want to practice chokeholds or one another? <laughs> I'll go first. I'll go first. Are you just presuming that he's a constrictor? Is that what you're doing here? <laughs> I'm a milk snake, dude. It's, not- <laughs> it's different. <laughs> I got a wicked cobra clutch. You say that very stupid thing. <laughs> um, and Private Fortune's radio hisses on, or the equivalent. It's more technologically advanced. He has like a a, a brooch or something on his uniform that clicks on, and you hear a voice say. Private, I'm coming downstairs. And Private Fortune responds, like snaps to attention real quick, stops paying attention to you, says, uh, yes, General. The executive elevator is secure, sir. Thank you when the other guy gets out. Says, uh, saying, I've got pretty sweet Kamora locks. <laughs> what? What are <laughs> those words? Kam- uh, kam- kam- Kamora lock. Oh, Kamora yeah. lock. Okay. It sounded, you said <laughs> s'mores lock. I heard locks, like the stuff you put on bagels. That's what I call it. Yeah, s'mores with locks, the most delicate of delicacies. <laughs> what is this fucking episode? Are y'all high? The, oh, this is going to help that. You, you know, the, the wall pad in here kind of looks like one of those magic eye things. If you look at it the right way, it kind of looks like a sailboat. <laughs> and if he starts looking at it, I'm going to slam his face into the wall and then run into the elevator. Holy shit. <laughs> Okay, so there's like a whole episode of Katarina building up a rapport with this guy, and then you're just gonna fucking, you're just gonna smash his whole grill, huh? No, he's been nice. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm trying to figure out a way to get downstairs. I don't know, we'll, we'll see what happens when um when General Keller comes down. Keller. All right, so I guess you decide against, so you decide against smashing his face. <laughs> yes. All right. Against my better judgment. All right, so you continue to banter with Private Fortune. The elevator uh, eventually opens, and there is an enormous cobra snake folk inside who his military uniform is covered. Every single inch of it is festooned with medals. Uh, To your knowledge, Valentine has never had any major military conflicts. (laughs) Um, This... Person's uniform is j- replete with every possible metal and some that seem impossible. Um, this imposing figure, which is General Heller, he is a, a cobra with a very impressive hood. He's basically Jafar from the end of Aladdin, but in a in an army suit. So it's big boy season in this elevator, then. 
<laughs> you just wanted to say big boy season. I did. I caught you. <laughs> Heller uh, steps out of the elevator and says, uh, all right, private, you ready to go? Actually, I don't care. I'm your superior. I'm not nice. <laughs> That's my personality. I need to tell myself I'm not nice every day. It's how I, it's self-affirming. That's what my therapist tells me. It's self-affirming. I gotta be more self-affirming. It's all about confidence. Private fortune. Um, and he starts walking away. From the elevator? Yes, he's leaving. Okay, can I sneak into the elevator? This would be an opportune time to do so. Uh, Private Fortune is leaving with General Heller, uh, but there are other security guards, the private forces who worked here before the military mysteriously got involved, who are coming over in the shift change. So I want you to A, describe how you make this work, just in your mind, picture Mission Impossible movie, make it cool, and B, roll stealth. Okay, so my stealth, I got a 13, Mm -hmm. and I want to... Uh, I want to do, I'm thinking less Mission Impossible and more, uh, like, uh, Pink Panther. And I'm basically, like, pressing my body up behind, uh, Private Fortune, Fortune, Private Fortune. And I'm going to, like, as he walks, I'm going to shuffle. So, like, once he gets his back to the elevator, that's when my front is to the elevator. And I'm just going to, like, slink in real quick. Okay, so first of all, are you going to say anything to Private Fortune? Because you guys bantered for, like, an hour. Um, and he's leaving now, so he's just like, "All right, bro, see you later. Hit me up on hit me up on Facebook or whatever the equivalent is." Yeah, I get, get you later. We gotta we gotta compare macros and stuff. There's a lot left to do, you know. And he starts walking away. He's at, you know at attention. He's being uh, professional, so he's not keeping a super close eye on you. But with a thirteen, uh, the people coming in to replace him do see you. I'm gonna jam that door close button. <laughs> All right, so you're going up or down? Damn. All right. So, Katarina, you're going to follow up the rest of the group, but security saw you go in the elevator. Joke's on them. I have a faster speed from being a monk. <laughs> and a hand. Oh, wait. Hold on. When I get to the bottom, can I throw the hand grenade in the elevator? <gasps> oh, my God. Yes! <laughs> what? I mean, we'd have no way out. <laughs> you want to blow up the elevator that is the only way out of the basement while security converges on you? Please keep the, please keep the, please keep it. Please keep the grenade. Keep the grenade, keep the grenade. Oh, fine! I'm never going to get to use this grenade. <laughs> Katarina's like, I never get to do anything fun. <laughs> I never get to use the grenade. You're just going to have weeks of build up to have the best grenade usage ever. Katarina, the elevator descends as you see security forces are running towards the elevator. The doors close before they get there, but it's, uh, you have started it. It has begun. Meanwhile, <laughs> inside of the holodeck game, you guys are in a room. There are three doors, control, aggro, and combo, which are the three main deck archetypes of Magic the Gathering and Hearthstone. If I was there, would midrange be the other one? Yeah, mid-range is a tempo-based aggro archetype. Um, I also considered uh, Voltron, but that wouldn't really make sense in-universe. That's a commander strategy. Um, Everyone turned off the podcast. (laughs) Oh, no, it's just me now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still listening. not going to lie. I don't know what's going on. What do you do? I say we go for combo because it sounds like the most friendshipy one. Right, so the way way this works, um, I know you, I know you guys haven't really paid much attention to my old card game thing, but like, 
this is basically different styles of how we can get through this. So are we being direct and aggressive? Are we trying to be synergistic with each other? That's your sort of core idea going on. So like any of these sound like something that you guys that that seem like a good fit for us. I have a combo. Friendship. Combo and the power of friendship is, is a tempting one. That's where my gut's going is as a, as a place to start. I'm fine with working with combo to start off with. All right, you guys approach the door labeled combo and all the locks pop and the bars pull up and the chains retract and the door opens and there's a big flash of golden anime light <laughs> as the uh, animators cut as many corners as possible not to show what's inside until they absolutely need to. Uh, the game's loading. And yeah, in fact, let's lean into this being a game. The doors open and then it just you guys are suddenly in a room that is loaded around you. There's no need to do all the transitionary work there. VR is expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, so you find yourself in a gladiatorial arena and there's all the uh, people in the crowd are like bad 2D textures put on bad polygon models and they're just kind of moving up and down. There's like three animations, like a crowd in Gran Turismo. Um, and you see there's a big jumbotron screen with Algernon's face plastered over it. And he says... All right, losers, you pick combo. I hope you're ready because unlike Frank, I actually know how to play this game. Oh, yeah, says the person who came into this game, what, like four years ago or something? You weren't even around in the old meta. <laughs> you may have innovated the meta, Frank, but I've surpassed you in every way. You're all flash, no substance. There's a reason you haven't made a GP in, what, three years? Yeah, because I've got better things to be spending my money on than uh, unlike some people. Not good cards, apparently. <laughs> nice comeback, loser. Hey, you're the loser. Yeah. Yeah, friends. I have friends. Screw you. No, screw you. <laughs> <laughs> so, th- this is going to be D&D combat to represent a holodeck game. So, Algernon says, all right, I'll go first. Turn one, I'm going to play, let's see here. I'll start easy on you. I play Mystic of Forged Stone. And if you see up on the Jumbotron, he pushes a card down onto the, the playing surface. It's like a, the dual disc from Yu-Gi-Oh! It's like a thing he wears on his wrist where you can play cards. And in front of you, inside of this Coliseum, uh, there appears in front of you a creature, which is printed on the card, and you've seen from the anime as well, which is a woman in kind of monk robes uh holding a staff and frank you know the mystic of forged stone is part of a combo and when it assembles all the pieces algernon wins ah this is essentially exodia is it (laughs) yeah basically you guys need to beat up this person before they finish assembling exodia time to duel (laughs)
Hello, Lauren, famous for voicing Lenora Desmond on season four of Dice Funk, also Lavinia on season two, and Dora on season three. They were all a real stretch for me. <laughs> very well, well, I would say they're all very small, but they're not. One is big. Oh, that one actually is a stretch. How is it? Living all my tall dreams. <laughs> nice. I'm here to talk about credits, including the music credits, which I'm going to do now. Do it. <laughs> we use New Jack Mantle, an arrangement of the mantle from Nights into Dreams. Music of Funk, an arrangement of Stage 1 Gotham City from Batman for the NES, and Linear Groove, an arrangement of A-Type and B-Type from Tetris. Those, that's all the music, because the wrestling arc is over now. Aren't you happy? Yeah, I like all that music. It's very good. I do too, but I imagine it's hard for you to like edit. My life is editing hell. Do you want to do other credits? Okay, yeah. Executive Producers for February 2018. I'm going to start. Uh, Extellaris. Kerstin Haslinger. Joseph Tombrello. Jade. Arna Helgadotir. <laughs> Helga daughter? Helga daughter? Yeah, like John's son is John's son, Helga's daughter. Oh. It's, it's a true. Norse thing. Okay, your turn. Brent. The Cult of Gorfanax. Paul Mullen. Dr. Goatman. Toshiro Kuru. Andrew Grossin. Levi the Young. Kevin Dobbins. Anthony Sauvier. Morgan Rapp. Jay Logan. The cast of Dungeons the Gathering. Madison Lilith McKenzie. Notorious Stoltz, or Stoltzy, I'm sorry. <laughs> Victoria Molito. Scotty Vilhard. Aline. Majin? Kritarion. Ren. Einar Johansson. Carter Rayner. Major Tem. Matthew B. Hare. Jorgen Indie Monster. Winewick Ford. Josie Gazay. Razumi Yuzura. Albert West. Jason. Ken Fursell. Eleanor Nonantesis Periton. Scott Cummings. Starlight Glimmer did nothing wrong. Juman Jack. Mel Teach. Arjun DeKonig. Grimlock. John Potts. Dawson Parr. Noah Sudret. Zephosaurus. Elderly Goose. Salad Child. Seraph Stone. Thorstein Gross. Devin Smith. Castor UK. Aki Savalainen. The Paladin's Wife. Florian H. Please give Johnny a hug. <laughs> we always do. Junk 2.0. The Hat Cells. Dominic Bowden. Melissa Nielsen. Don. Eugene T. Connor Reynolds. Pruitt Holcomb. Artemis BJJ Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in Bristol. Francois V. Shyness. Dennis Pancake Detlefsen. Miko from Finland. Dennis Bengtsson. Josh Mosier. Andigo Vandane. Allison Ansel. Sydney Marsing. Just a Jester. Savarden Akrasimova. Brady Horner. Kitty Foe. James Neely. Marissa Donaldson. M. Joe. Lana Seawolf. Toby Gleason Stack. Matthew Weber. Melissa Booker. Cameron Abbas. Dylan. Anna Stillfire. Sean, the host of Funk Dunk Plays. Harrison Andrew. Christopher Charlow. Jorit. Vigor Arnston. Cody Jackson. And August Rue. We did it. We did all the names. Thank you for 2018. Wow. Happy wow. February. <laughs> uh, what else do we have to talk about in this part? Sketch is bandcamp.com slash sketch. Something like that. Laura is Laura K. Buzz everywhere. Yep. Kotaku.co.uk. Chris, he does stuff. Weekly, Weekly manga, manga recap. recap. <laughs> 
<laughs> that should be his new fucking catchphrase. This is Chris. He does stuff. Um, iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, Podbean. Is there anywhere we you aren't? You have a Patreon. I do. Patreon.com slash Austinorski. That's where I live now. And then if you want to harass me, I'm just very delicious on Twitter. No one knows how to spell that. R-A-W-R-G-L-I-C-I-O-U-S. Wow. I learned a lot. Um, That's the whole thing, right? Uh, special thanks to all the cats. Mm-hmm. Mine and Laura's and any other cats about. Anna, Smudge. Zelda. What's the hedgehog? Oh, um. Scotch. Well, that's her nickname. She really is the Duchess Karina of Butterscotch. A not so special thanks, because she is very rude. Special thanks. I I take a lot of inspiration from her rude dude. <laughs> okay, yeah, that helps you with your role playing. Also, thanks to Echo, who is a dog who's in my house as we record this. He's very good at fetch. <laughs>